Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And on this episode, we just lay in the fetal position for a little bit and repeat over and over, it was on his hand. It was was on his hand. (laughs) It was on his hand. (laughs) But yeah, our our teams went one and three this week, uh, which is not great. And so we'll just stick to that and pray that the uh, next time the the call on the on the court goes our way so they can't overturn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we will start with that one because the Bulldogs basketball team started their week just fine when they beat Rice 72 to 56 in a game that tech dominated the entire way. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see this uh, game. So Nathan, you described it as very boring. So I'm excited to hear you explain this to me now. (laughs) I really like college basketball. I really like watching tech basketball. I, almost changed the channel out of boredom more than anything else. <laughs> Usually I take notes during these games, but all I was writing was tech is doing good. <laughs> yeah. Tech good, rice bad. And Ken Palm kind of agrees. When you look at the the game win percentage charts that they have on ESPN or Ken Palm, the lowest point at tech had, like their, their least chance to win during the entire game, it was 91.2%. It went somewhere between 91.2 and 100 the entire game. And it was only at 91.2% 16 seconds into the game. <laughs> Wow. So, from the very beginning. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. It quickly got up to the 98s, 99s and stayed there for the rest of the game. And again, Tech won 72 to 56. I'm looking at some some of the just basic stats. Like, you know, Tech had 65 uh, field goal attempts. Rice only had 51. I mean, that kind of tells me everything I need to know, right? Without even looking at the percentages. Like, Tech just had 14 more possessions or shots at the at the goal so like that's wild yeah and then rice's leading player the player that was on the court the most uh drew peterson he's a sophomore he was 0 for 2 from 2 0 for 3 from 3 and shot no free throws and Ooh. he ended the night with zero points in the most minutes oh my goodness uh, on the tech side of the ball bracy went 50 percent from 2 and 40 percent from 3 and did not shoot a foul shot so technically a hundred or zero, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> zero. It's, it's either zero Undefined. or a hundred, whichever way. Yeah. <laughs> and Mo Muhammad had a double double, just squeaked it out with ten points and ten rebounds. Nice. And Ken Palm gave the MVP to Derek Jean, who ended the night six for six from two, one from one from free throw line, and missed his only three point attempt. But that was still good enough to give him their MVP honors of the game. So yeah, just a general all-around victory for the bulldogs yeah i I see here tech shot 46 percent from the field that's really good uh rice shot about 39 40 percent so not terrible for them either but again they had they had 14 less shots total so uh you know that'll doom you there but the one stat that sticks out to me here is that tech had 10 steals as compared to rice's one so Tech had more steals <laughs> than they had turnovers in the game. So Tech only had eight turnovers and took the ball away from Rice 10 times. So, I mean, gosh, just looking at this game, like both teams had 11 fouls. That seems super low um, <laughs> it, for a total game, you know, for there to only be 22 fouls total called. Like maybe the refs were just like, yeah, we're bored too. We're not, we're not watching real close. But Tech shot seven for 10 from free throw. So, I mean, that's, that's okay, I guess. Um, it didn't really matter in a game that you won 72 to 56. So seems like they just took care of business and got the job done. Yeah. Seven for 10 or 70% is right around league average 
for free throws and is better what Tech has done all the years. So they had a good night at the line, which we'll continue to provide updates on for every game until they actually get So that was the only end. game, right? We're not talking about anything else. <laughs> Turn off the podcast now. Goodbye. Yeah, I would not blame you. But no, Saturday night, Tech played North Texas at home in the TAC. Or as every commentator on ESPN Plus loves to call it, the TAC. So um, there's some pronunciation guys they're really not getting. But Tech walked <laughs> away with a loss, a 51-50 to 50 loss. Did they? Did they? <laughs> it was on his hand. <laughs> yeah, so that was a game I didn't watch. But seeing the tweets and seeing the there was a last-second buzzer beater shot and seeing the tweets coming out from our account that had it maybe on his hand, maybe not. I yeah. There's no way you can overturn all based off of that yeah full disclosure i mean i'll be honest this one time it, it was really tough to tell but from okay now whew, now i'm reassuming the gtbdd persona and it was definitely on his hand i don't <laughs> understand how they didn't overturn it gosh the final score is 51 to 50 that tells you a lot this game was bad both teams were bad um you can argue that both teams played well defensively but i mean it was just like a sluggish performance out of out of both teams and tech played awful in the first half. I wish I had just the first half stats up in front of me, but the score at halftime was 33 to 24. It just felt like if tech could like actually get going and stop turning over the ball, we were minus seven at halftime in the turnover differential. Nathan likes to tweet those out. And since he was too busy getting crunk, I uh, I decided to, <laughs> to tweet it out. And so I was like, damn, we're down. We're minus seven. We were plus four in rebounds, minus seven in turnovers at halftime. So really, the team needed to go in and figure some stuff out, and they kind of did. They held they held the Mean Green to 18 points in the second half and scored 26 themselves. Unfortunately, that's one too few. But gosh, just a rough game all around. And uh, the the end. So Amori Archibald, we were down 49 to 48. We're down with about 10 seconds left. And Archibald drives the lane and gets a great, great layup and an and one opportunity. He's our best free throw shooter. So I'm feeling really confident. And then of course he missed the free throw. So we're only up one point. And we had, I think, three fouls to give. So we fouled once, fouled twice, and got the clock down to about 3.8, I think. And then for some reason, we let Javian Hamlet uh, just run the entire floor Ledoux was running with him, but not really trying to stop him because we didn't want to foul, I guess. And we just let him get like a like a floater right at the buzzer. And when I saw it happen, I had no idea that it was that close to the buzzer. I literally got up and went into the other room because I was just like, of course, we did this after fighting back in the second half, back and forth, back and forth. And we take the lead with 4.5 seconds left. And of course, we let a guy run the floor and, and score. Um, then I come back in five minutes later and they're still reviewing it. So I was kind of like, what the hell happened here? Um, but of course, you know, we got a bunch of different angles. It looked like it's still touching his finger, but there was some dispute on Twitter later about whether or not the clock was synced correctly with the backboard or something. I, I don't know. It, it just sucks all around. It was a terrible game and I'm mad for having watched it. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely got the bender out of the deal there. I pulled up their halftime stats that they tweeted out from the LaTeX Hoops account. And interestingly, a few things stand out. Tech ended the night with a field goal percentage of 36.7. 
typically teams are shoot around 50% from the floor. North Texas is only slightly better at 38.3, so I really get what you're saying by it being just a yeah. an awful, awful game. But at halftime, yeah. Tech was shooting 40.9%. So they actually shot worse in the second. Really? Yeah. Uh, they also wow. had 18 rebounds at the halftime break, and I did the night with 36, so exactly halfway there at halftime. I don't see things about turnovers and whatever because that's just what they have on this mm-hmm. tweet, but it doesn't look like Tech played that much better in the second half than they did in the first half, at least from these few cherry pick stats. Yeah, that, that's interesting. The most basic stat is points, right? They scored 24 and then 26, so it was just off all night, and I mean, they finally really played better defensively in the second half and forced uh, North Texas into more uh, bad shots and just, you know, took the ball away at the right time. And they went on like a six to one run at one point to tie the game. But really what stands out is, and I was looking at the play-by-play earlier, and at 4.09, the score became 49 to 48, uh, North Texas leading. And as you know, the final score was 51 to 50. So both teams for the final four minutes just decided, nah, we're not going to score until the very, very end. I, I do want to read that really quickly. <laughs> so at 409, Jacoby Pemberton makes two free throws to make the score 49-48 in favor of North Texas. Uh, North Texas turns the ball over immediately. Archibald misses a three-pointer. Zachary Simmons for North Texas misses a layup. Amori Archibald misses a jumper. Gibson for North Texas misses a jumper. Mo Muhammad blocks, I think. That same shot. Yeah. Yeah. Duquan Bracey misses a three pointer. This is with 211 left. James Reese for North Texas at 141 misses a three pointer. Amori Archibald misses a jumper at 132. Again, the score is still 49 48 at this point, and already three minutes have come off the clock. Mo Muhammad grabbed the offensive rebound from that Archibald miss and then got fouled. So he had a he had a one and one and he missed the one and one. <laughs> Didn't get a second because college basketball is one and one system. Then Daquan Bracey misses a jumper with 53 seconds left after a turnover by North Texas. Then Gibson misses a three-pointer for North Texas with 22 seconds left. Derek Jean grabs the defensive rebound. Amori Archibald makes a layup with five seconds left, and he's fouled. And like Evan said earlier, he goes to the free throw line, able to extend the game to a two-point lead if he makes it, and he doesn't. He misses the free throw. Archibald is an 87-88% free throw shooter on the year, and he missed one when it counted. And yep. then five seconds later of game time and probably what felt like an eternity later in real life, Hamlet made a jumper going coast to coast as time expired, making the final score 51 to 50. Yep. And it kind of seems like looking at the times there of each of those shots, it's just like it kind of looks like both teams were just literally like waiting for the shot clock to run all the way down and then attempting and missing. <laughs> then the other team would go down the court and do the exact same thing because, you know, that's four minutes and there were only like eight shots. So both teams were kind of using the whole possession and then coming up empty. So, I mean, it really sucked. And it was our first loss this year, I believe at home. Yeah. Um, gosh, it just sucks to lose at the tech, especially playing like that, you know, cause tech is a team that's averaging in the seventies in points. And we were held to 50 points on our home floor. It was the first time North Texas beat us in Ruston since 1952, <laughs> apparently, which I guess they were playing at Memorial Gym back then. I don't even know. Gotta be. So it it just sucks. I mean, North Texas is a good team, but you know, that's not how you want to lose. And one positive to take away from this is if you take the score at halftime, Tech is down 33 to 24. And granted, they lose by one, but they outscore North Texas by eight points in the second half. And the other loss in conference play so far this year, they were down to UTSA 53 to 27 in that game where UTSA was just on fire. 
and then outscored mm-hmm. UTSA by 10 in the second half to try to make a comeback that was too little too late, but still. Tech is proving to me to be a very good second half team. They're able to make these second half adjustments that bring them back into games that feel like they're already falling out of their hands. And maybe some of those adjustments need to come quicker or whatever, but this team, when they're down at halftime, it doesn't feel like they're out of the game yet, which is a good feeling to have going into the tournament in a few weeks where you can't lose. You have to be able to come back in the second half if you're down. So hopefully this trend continues where Tech is able to figure out what goes wrong and hopefully actually win the games now, making those second half adjustments. Something maybe a little positive to take away from it, but does not take the bitterness out of your mouth that is losing on your home court to, granted, a good North Texas team, but still a North Texas team. Yeah, and before we came on, I asked Nathan what happened with the Ken Palm rankings. Tech stayed about the same after this last week. We're still 64th, which I think is, is that exactly where we were last week? Or were we 63rd? We were 64th going into the North Texas game. Okay, so that loss didn't affect us at all in terms of Ken Palm's assessment of the team. North Texas, on the other hand, jumped from about, what, 108 to, would you say, 84? Yeah, so they went into this game 91st. Okay. And that was probably improved by, probably, I'm guessing they beat Southern Miss on Thursday. They did, yeah. Then uh, after this game, they jumped from 91st to 86th. So North Texas made a small leap. Tech stayed pretty much where they are. And Ken Palm is not what they use when they do tournament seeding. That'd be the net rankings. And I don't have that up in front of me. And it's not very likely Tech would get an at-large even before this game. But as far as how good Tech looks, North Texas was not a bad team. And so losing them sucks. But it's not like we lost to... Uh, southern university new orleans or something like that right we are 95th in net rankings yeah which is not great when it comes to tournament seating or anything like that but again we we've known this since the beginning we have to win the tournament yeah and north texas is is 92nd um so which they i'm guessing they just jumped us probably so yeah and we just have to be able to take care of business against teams other than north texas as well especially when we get to the tournament because it always feels like it's it's a lesser team that catches us by surprise somehow that always takes us out of it and middle tennessee who tech plays next could be one of those teams because they do not look very good and would definitely catch us by surprise if they were to pull out a a victory oh my gosh they better not lose to before we get started on the preview we mentioned last week that isaiah crawford got hurt uh he is officially out for the season he hurt his left knee in that utep game in a way that requires surgery so Conkle announced that he's going to be out for the entire season. So that is a big blow. Hopefully he'll be able to recover and be back ready for next year. It seems like we say this. Well, I guess we didn't have a podcast last year, but uh, (laughs) it it seems like this happens to us every year. So if we had a podcast last year, we would have been talking about injuries too. So it sucks, but you got to deal with it. And every team deals with injuries. It just felt that the last few years tech has been more unfortunate than average when it comes yeah. to his injuries. And Isaiah Crawford is a very important player, but this team is also very deep this year with all the talent they have. And so we will definitely miss Crawford out on the floor, but I still feel pretty confident that we can make up for this setback. Yeah. As long as we don't lose to Middle Tennessee, I think everything will be fine. Middle <laughs> Tennessee is 4-15 and 15 overall, 0-6 in conference. <sighs> that being said, their overall strength of schedule is 77th in the country. So they actually have played some pretty good teams. Uh, Ken Palm gives Tech an 87% chance to win this game, a final score prediction of 77 to 64. So is this like a is this a negative impact of them? So like three, four years ago, they were really good. They made that NCAA tournament where they upset Michigan State. Huge, huge upset. So now maybe teams are scheduling them 
because they're like, oh yeah, MTSU, like they're good, right? And I, I don't know what it is, but like we don't have obviously our strength of schedule is not 77th. I think Nathan, you know what it is, and it's not even close to that. Yeah, our strength of schedule overall is 272nd. Yeah, yeah. So like I don't know, maybe that's a negative impact of like getting your name out there is all of a sudden the big boys will play you and <laughs> they'll just whoop you and you end up four and fifteen. But Anyway, that I'm sure there's a lot more complicated mess going in there. But anyway, this, this game, Ken Palm gives us, what, an 87% chance to win. And really, gosh, you better win. I mean, come on. This team is bad, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to say anything positive about them. Their best win on the year was over what Ken Palm ranks as the 274th best team in the country in Lipscomb. They won that by three on a neutral court. Again, they have four wins on the year. The other three wins were against Division II programs. Wow. They have one Division I win this year. <laughs> Yikes. They're gonna win the they're gonna win the CUSA yeah. tournament and end up in the NCAAs. Don't worry. Especially after this one point loss, it feels like they'll have two Division I wins after Thursday. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> where it feels like right now. Their worst loss came to number two hundred and ten, Ohio. That was a was that eight point? No, that was a 12-point loss to Ohio. As far as what they're good at, it's hard to find something on this sheet that Middle Tennessee is good at. There is a lot of red and not a lot of green. If you kind of had to pick something, it'd be their three-point shooting. They're hitting shots at 33.9% of the time. The league average is 33.2, so 0.7% higher. uh, 133rd in the country. Hang your hat on whatever you can, MTSU, you know. You got a good public history graduate program and a uh, really bad basketball team. And and that's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah. As far as what they're bad at in the notes here, I just wrote down big oof. There's really nothing (laughs) that stands out. They're the fourth worst team in all of college basketball, at least division one at allowing three pointers. They're giving up a 40.5% defensive three point percentage. So it's like, they're not contesting shots or something is what this looks like to me. Wow. And they are the second worst free throw shooting team in the conference. But I think you know in your heart what team is the worst free throw (laughs) shooting team in the conference. I also pulled it up on Massey. Massey gives Tech an 87% chance to win with a final score prediction of 76 to 63. Wow. So Ken Palm gives us 87% at 77 to 64. And Massey just thinks that it's one point lower. But yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, I think... I think the the key to this game will just be to foul MTSU literally every single time they touch the ball and let them shoot free throws. And they should do the exact same thing to us. And we'll find out who's really the worst (laughs) in the conference at shooting free throws. Just all free throw game. All right. So if I said that uh, this past Thursday was a boring game against Rice, you found a way to make college basketball plan to be boring. Yes. Because everyone goes (laughs) to these games to watch the foul shots. Yep. They will after this. Especially after they beat us and we have to eat crow next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, I'm going to miss next week, actually. I'm not. (laughs) I'm announcing my retirement. Yeah, so I don't want to spend too much longer here because all we can really talk about is what Middle Tennessee is not very good at because, gosh, it's a lot. Yeah, Tech should win this game. I mean, that's that's our preview. Write it down. (laughs) The three Division II teams that they beat were Maryville and Tennessee. Okay. scored 119 against them. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mars Hill. I'm assuming that's not a that's not a school. <laughs> There's no schools on Mars. There's there are hills though, from yeah. what I 
seen from the space rovers and whatnot but maybe that's it they played a team of space rovers <laughs> they played the curiosity rover <laughs> yeah spirit and opportunity were up there that's why one of them broke recently and then uh columbia <laughs> international was the other team that they beat wait like from columbia south carolina we have a columbia international university here yep in south carolina ah well that's fun anyway man yep God, we're, we're gonna lose to mtsu aren't we <laughs> yeah and speaking of schools that tech has always found a way to lose to not that we've always found a way to lose to Tennessee, but we always have found a way to lose to UAB, and we'll try not to do that this time. UAB is 12-7 and seven overall, 3-3 three and three in conference, with a strength of schedule of around 218th in the nation. If you just look at their out-of-conference SOS, then it's around 319th. Ken Palm gives Tech a 64% chance to win with a 65 to 61 final score prediction, and Massey gives Tech a 62% chance to win with a final score prediction of 63 to 59. Yeah, looking at UAB, they're they're really kind of confusing me this year. Maybe we should have got Dave to come back and talk about them, but I'm not sure if he knows. Judging on his Twitter, they look very all over the place. Yeah, they just kind of they play really well one night and like beat or almost beat really good teams, and then the next night they lose, and it's like, are they tech? I don't. <laughs> I'm confused. But yeah, their their best win was against number eighty Duquesne. I will not make Nathan pronounce what is spelled as Duquesne. <laughs> Duquesne. Uh, <laughs> uh, they beat them 77 to 68. Their, wor- their worst loss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> their worst loss was at home versus number 275 Utah Valley. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. 66 to 55. Oh my gosh. If if I had any pity in my heart for UAB, I would feel sad for them. But, but you know. Uh, no, I don't. You know, in conference basketball, I guess you're supposed to cheer for your conference when you're not playing them. But like, nope, nope. Sorry. Go uh-uh. go Utah Valley, whoever you are. You, the fighting Utah Valleys. Yeah, the, the fighting. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's Google. see. The Utah Valley Wolverines. Ooh, their mascot is Willie the Wolverine. <laughs> Willie Stepping away the, from the, as the coach's FAU. Hey, you don't expect Willie the Wolverine to come to your gym and, and tear you up. But <laughs> but he did. He did. He he got in there real good. But anyway, uh, what what is tell me something about UAB, Nathan. They're confusing me. Yeah, they're confusing me, too. But one of the things that they do seem to be good at is defense. Their effective field goal percentage, three point shooting and two point shooting are all well below average when it comes to what other teams are able to do against them. So that's a good thing that they're below average. Uh, You don't want to give up high field goal shooting when you're playing defense. They are middle of the road in blocks and steals, which are typically the stats you kind of draw your eye to when you're looking at defensive stats, but they are very good at avoiding shooting fouls. So other teams like Tech don't go to the line a lot against UAB, which may be more in the pro column for Tech than in the the negative (laughs) column. Uh, They're also rebounding on both sides of the ball very well. They get their own rebound 35% of the time to take a shot and miss it. Wow. 19th in the country. Wow. That's good. Yeah. They pretty much every defensive stat you can look at says they're a good defensive team in the same way that Tech's is very similar tech has a lot of green on their defensive side of the ball on their stat sheet as far as what ken palm says their defensive efficiency ratings tech is number one in the conference so tech has the best defense in conference usa uab is listed at fifth in the conference in terms of best defense so still pretty good still a a troublesome defense that we'll have to play north texas was fourth and we saw what happened there. We got limited to 50 points. So mm. it will be a defensive battle and probably a low-scoring game, which is why Ken Palm and Massey both have score predictions in the low 60s. Yeah, they're allowing 61.6 points per game, but they only score 64.5. So Tech's defense yeah. 
matches up really well against their offense, but it'll it'll be interesting to see if we can actually score some points again. <laughs> yeah. And you bring me to what they're bad at, and that is I just wrote down the word offense. <laughs> in the bottom twenty in division one in both three point percentage and turnovers, their two point shooting is better, but only slightly above average when it comes to uh, division one college basketball. And while they are technically better at the free throw stripe than tech, that's not really saying much, and they're still below average in the conference. Yeah, we might be better at the free throw stripe than Tech. <laughs> That's not true. I'm very bad at basketball. No, you don't have to actually back it up. You can just say things. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to offensive efficiency, UAB is second to last in the conference, which is that's Ken Palm's like generic measure of how good an offense is. Second yeah. to worst when it comes to offense. Yeah, th- like I said, they're only putting up 64 points per game, which isn't very good, um, but obviously that would be enough to beat the Tech that showed up on Saturday against North Texas at home. So uh, these games are on the road, aren't they? Yes, so this will be yeah. luckily not at the BJCC, but it will be at Bartow Arena. Yeah, you got to come out of this trip with two wins. I mean, UAB can be really good, but... You've just got to you got to get back to your game and tech needs to find a way to do something that they haven't done in a while, which is a win at Barto Arena. And with how inconsistent the Blazers have been, I think it's certainly possible. But we're talking about a tech team that was kind of Jekyll and Hyde this past week. So it's hard to say what's going to happen. But I think MTSU, we just got to beat them up. You know, you can't lose to a team that's four and 15 and their best win is against the number 275 team in the country so hopefully they can get the job done there and down in birmingham yeah and as far as playing in birmingham goes uab has a home court advantage that's 63rd in division one and tech has the number two home court advantage in all of college basketball seriously that's what ken palm has wow so this game being in birmingham is very important. What goes into that metric? That's wild. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not going to look behind the curtain very much, although it is a link. Oh, no, but just <laughs> here we go. down the rabbit hole. Oh, wow. It's a blog post with a bunch of graphs. I will definitely read this later. But for right now, Tech is second <laughs> in college basketball. UAB is 63rd, which is still great. Yeah. That's still a huge home court advantage for them to have. And I'm just wondering if we can bring the band this time. <laughs> Can we can we cancel their football program before the game so the band can chant again? Anyway, because yeah, that worked so well last time. Yeah, it, no. It, mm. <laughs> so, speaking of pain, <laughs> let's move on to the Lady Texters real quick. They lost both their games, as as you heard at the top. We went one and three. They lost to Rice in North Texas, fell to nine and seven on the year, uh, one and four in conference play which puts them in 13th place in a not great basketball women's basketball conference. And how many teams um, are there again? 14. So <laughs> that being said, the only conference win so far was against UTEP, who is four and one in CUSA. So, I mean, they can beat an okay team, which they'll have to do because this week they play uh, MTSU and UAB at home. Um, both teams are currently in the top half of the conference, so it'll be tough, but you just yeah i mean i can't say anything other than heavy sigh i guess but um (laughs) they're currently 235th in massey in the ncaa which is you know unacceptable we talked about it last week we can talk about it this week and next week and the week after that but they absolutely have to start winning games and that's really all 
all I want to say about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious. And the women's net rankings, which are what the tournament uses for seeding and oh, for good. placement oh. and stuff like that. Make me sad. Do so, it. La- so last week, Tech was 261st. Uh, number 261. They actually improved with two losses to become 256th. Uh, uh, so maybe we just need to lose a lot more until we're number one. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. So sorry for the downer episode. So the CUSA tweet of the week. Let's uh, yeah. let's get off let's get off the textures before I go on a twenty seven minute. Well, our Kusa tweet of the week actually goes to one of our own tweets. If we're being cyclical about this, yeah, it's a screenshot of a Facebook post by Malcolm Butler, who is associate athletics director and in charge of communications. He yeah. tweeted or he Facebooked out. Is that a verb? Facebooked. F- Facebook. Facebook apostrophe. He posted a Facebook status. <laughs> it's very long. Not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. So basically, it's it's pushing back on this whole idea that LSU winning the title is, you know, quote, great for the state of Louisiana. I won't lie. It's great for their fans, which encompasses a lot of people in Louisiana. It's great for the university. It's great for the SEC because they get money from their team being the national champion. But Malcolm Butler's point here is pretty much that that whole great for the whole state thing. So tech fans should be happy and ULL fans should be happy and McNeese fans should be happy. Like, no, it, it there's no benefit to schools that are not in the LSU system. There's no benefit to schools that aren't LSU. Like if Mississippi state wins the women's basketball title, Ole Miss fans aren't saying, man, this is great for the whole state of Mississippi. So I'm happy, you know, like it's just not how it works. Like I, and here I've lived in South Carolina now and let me tell you something. South Carolina fans were not happy when Clemson won last year. Like they were not, they were not saying this is great for the whole state of South Carolina. So Malcolm's point is, is basically that like, look, what tech needs is for you to be loyal to tech and for you to cheer for tech and, and support tech more than you support any other college football team or college sports in general. I know Nathan and I both grew up LSU fans in South Louisiana and then went to tech. Yeah, now you're really going to turn off the podcast. You know, for me, when I when I got to Tech, my plan was to keep cheering for LSU because I thought it was two different levels or two different. It wasn't going to get in the way of me supporting Tech. But then throughout that first football season, which let me tell you something, we went four and eight. So it wasn't like we were great. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need that other school anymore. You know, I fell in love with the university. I fell in love with the atmosphere. I fell in love with what I had decided to do in my life, which was not to go to LSU. I went to tech, right? So in that sense, you get a pride about your university. And I don't understand people that like walk around our campus wearing LSU hoodies and stuff. I I just never, never understood that after it kind of clicked in my first few months on campus. And it's really disappointing to me now because one of the reasons that that happened so quickly for me was that I had people in the band of pride with us that were older and had gone through the same thing. And we're like, no dude, like you're a tech fan now, like just get rid of all that other crap. Like you don't need LSU anymore. Right. And now some of those older people are some of the same people on Facebook saying, this is great for the state of Louisiana. And I'm so happy for my tigers and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, no, what happened to you? My comparison, you compared South Carolina and Clemson. Uh, what it feels like to me, because South Carolina and Clemson are legitimate rivals. Yeah. They at least used to play every year. I'm not sure if they still do. They do. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Ole Miss and Mississippi State are rivals. The Egg Bowl. 
there's a lot of these comparisons we can make, but I would compare it to like the Dolphins and the Buccaneers in the NFL. There's no real hate there. Or at least I've never really noticed any hate between those fan bases. They're in the same state. But if the Dolphins go and win the Super Bowl, as a Bucks fan, you people aren't saying what's well, great for the state of Florida. Yeah, that makes no sense. You're, that's not your fandom. And people grow up LSU fans a lot of times, and then they go to college somewhere else, like they go to college at Tech. But to me, that's an opportunity to become a fan base of a team and of a school that you actually like. I grew up an LSU fan because everyone around me was an LSU fan. I grew up in, yeah. again, South Louisiana. And so you for LSU. And I actually dropped my fandom a little bit earlier than Evan did as terms of starting school, because I was like, I'm going to this school. That's my new team. That's who I'm going to root for now. Yeah, this is my team. This is where I go to school. I have nothing really connecting me to LSU other than it's a school in the state of Louisiana that happens to be the best at athletics. And if you're only choosing the team that's the best at a thing because they're the best at a thing, then that sounds like the definition of bandwagoning to me. Yeah. And to to go a little higher on the soapbox real quick before I step off of it, Tech played LSU last year, right? I was able to go to the game and Tech had their band come. There were a lot of people in Tech gear. I was one of them. Several other people were in Tech gear. Most people were in LSU gear, as you would expect at a game at LSU. But the band went for Tech. And after the game, they played the alma mater. And as every person who went to Louisiana Tech knows, at least should know, you hold one finger in the air while the alma mater is playing to say that not that Tech is number one on the field, but they're number one in your hearts. And the amount of people I saw wearing LSU gear with one finger in the air saying that Tech was number one in their hearts, they were not even putting it on their chest. Dang. There's no other way. There's no way I can describe the amount of disgust I felt in that moment. It's fine if you want to root for LSU in the national championship and be happy about it. I actually kind of did because I was tired of Clemson and Alabama winning every year. As a college football fan, I wanted a different team to win it. And I'm far enough away from Louisiana, I didn't have to deal with all the craziness of a different team winning. But there's a difference between saying, I'm rooting for this team to win, or I like it when LSU wins, or whatever, and just throwing away a a fandom that you belong to more so than you belong to LSU's fandom and saying, well, they're good now. So I'm going to go root for them. Yeah. Because it feels trivial. It feels like something that's not really all that important, but in a school like tech where every dollar matters and every eyeball matters mm-hmm. and, and everything matters, it's all or nothing. It hurts a lot. It hurts tech a lot. And like for me here, like, you know, there are people at work that know I'm from Louisiana and know I'm a huge Saints fan and know that I'm a tech fan, right? Because obviously like I wear tech ties to work. I, you know, talk about the Bulldogs all the time at work, but I still had people coming up to me like, oh yeah, you cheering on the Tigers tonight? And I was like, no, I mean, well, obviously in this case, the Tigers could have been either team, but (laughs) they they assumed that I was going to cheer because of where I'm from. But it's been about a week since I heard that joke 30 times. (laughs) And I, I genuinely didn't even mean to to do it just now, but like, Oh yeah, you going for LSU tonight. And I'm like, no man, like I, I mean, I want to see a good game. That's what I wanted. Like I love college football and it's the last college football game of the year. So I wanted it to be an exciting game. I don't really care about Clemson, right? So I, I wasn't cheering really one way or the other, but just for people to assume like, oh, you're from Louisiana, so that means you like LSU. And it's like, no, actually, you know, I went to Louisiana Tech, so that's my team. We need people, <laughs> it's, this may sound like patting myself on the back, right? But like we need people that wear their tech stuff when they live in South Carolina and Washington, D.C., right? Like, and, and not just bandwagon on the place that they're from because they're they're from there. Like we need people out in the world repping tech and do or die for tech, right? So that's basically what Malcolm was saying. And and we've seen since I tweeted this out, 
you know, we've seen a lot of people support it. It We've seen a lot of support, but we also got a lot of pushback from people being like, you know what? No, I grew up an LSU fan and I still like tech, but like that doesn't matter right now because LSU just won and tech didn't. And it's like, that's kind of the point. Like we need you to support tech and we just had our best season in division one history. Right. So, and, and yet you're here arguing that tech doesn't need your support as much as LSU does. So I, I don't know. As evidenced by the fact that we host a Louisiana tech podcast and blog and Twitter and all the other stuff, how much we care about this university, the university yeah. that both of us went to and graduated from. Yeah. And so to see people jumping off that ship because another ship looks nicer. Because another ship has sleep pods in their locker room. Yeah. Another <laughs> ship has money because of a million different reasons that go throughout the history of the state of Louisiana. Then it hurts. I can't really speak for, I don't want to speak for Malcolm here, but it has to hurt him too. Because when you love something as much as we love Louisiana Tech, to see it being cast aside in favor of a team just because they're winning things and not because you actually like them more it hurts yeah and again they don't need you like if you're a tech graduate that cheers for lsu instead of tech or watches the lsu game on saturday instead of tech like that doesn't matter to lsu like go buy their shirt for ten dollars at walmart like you're not making a dent tech needs you right like that's that's kind of the plea here is that we actually need our fan base to be our fan base. The tech fans to to be tech fans, I think, is Malcolm's basic point. And he also, you know, extended that out to the rest of Louisiana as well, right? If you're a ULL fan, be a ULL fan. We hate you, but we want you to be a ULL fan, not a not an LSU fan that went to ULL and tries to piss us off randomly, right? Like, just yeah. cheer for your school. That's the point. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. If your school is LSU, root for LSU. If you yeah. Want- oh, absolutely. If you're an LSU alumni and you went through all those those bad, bad years that existed for them for so long, I am legitimately happy for you. It doesn't matter to me that LSU won the yeah. championship. They had an incredible team this year. Joe Burrow is an incredible player. The, their team was fun to watch, but like it does not impact my life that they won. And obviously, I don't live in the state of Louisiana anymore, but if I lived in Slidell where I grew up or in Shreveport or in Ville Platte or wherever, like it wouldn't affect my life because I am a tech fan. So that's just the bottom line. And we need more people that think that way or we'll never be better than where we are now. So yeah, well, let's step off of our soapboxes. Let's take a <laughs> few breaths and try to get through just, I guess, the outro here. So yeah, that about wraps it up for the Go Tech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S d-n-t-d-i-e or go to our blog where we'll have more posts up and i'm hoping to have another one up sometime this week or possibly next week they'll be at gtpdd.dog and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan and there's no third guess this time but the rules of three make this feel really awkward but yeah. no tech. <laughs> please don't die yep go for no please
the first 10 minutes or so I was, uh, I was still cooking. So I kind of was a little distracted, but, or what was I doing? I was cleaning the kitchen anyway, <laughs> fighting an unwinnable war against cockroaches, but you know, that, that probably doesn't need to be on the podcast, but anyway, um, <laughs> they'll hear it. They'll know that, that they're winning. <laughs> they'll redouble their efforts. Yeah. 